When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What are you what are you drinking, Zach? Coors Light now. I just downed a few white claws and we've got whiskey on tap if we need it. But oh man, I like it. We'll see when that comes, yeah. These are the tales of college football past as you've never heard them before. Our guests tell stories blending team seasons, on and off field moments, memories of personal fandom catastrophe and elation, and yes, alcohol. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. I'm Joe. And I'm Kyle. We do the work, you tell the story. These are the college football stories. I'm Zach Neal, and I'm going to tell you the story of the 2014 Oregon Ducks. My whole life I've been an Oregon Ducks fan, and when I was asked to think about the season that was most important to me, I'd probably say it was 2014-2015. It was the Marcus Mariota Heisman year. It was the year that we finally took down Jameis Winston and the Florida State Seminoles. Unfortunately, it was also the year that my hatred for Ohio State grew bigger than I could have even imagined it did. Strangely, it was the first year without Chip Kelly. It was our first year with, with Mark Helfrich going. And looking back at it, it was probably the most fun I've ever had watching the Oregon Ducks. Coming into the season, the thoughts of the fans were pretty mixed. We were coming off a really impressive Fiesta Bowl win but it was also the year that Chip Kelly left us for the NFL, and we put Mark Helfrich at the head coaching spot, who had previously been an off offensive coordinator and, to my knowledge, had never been a head coach before. So going into the season, people were excited, but also a little bit timid. We had big games early in the season against Michigan State, uh, and you know we there was always the narrative that Oregon couldn't win against the big teams. And while Michigan State isn't an SEC school, there's still a Big Ten program that has some clout in the college football world. So there was hope that after a nice run with Chip Kelly, we could get back into the Pac-12 Pac championship. And in the inaugural year of the college football playoff, hey, why couldn't we get in too? So um, going into the season, there was a lot of excitement, but no one really knew who Mark Helfrich was, and no one really knew what to expect. And kicking things off in that, that South Dakota game, that was a real measuring stick, I bet. <laughs> you know, what, what kind of team do we have here? 
So starting the season off with South Dakota, <laughs> it was kind of a classic Oregon game because if you're an Oregon fan or any college football fan, really, you know that as a, a bigger school, one of the first, second, third weeks of the season are going to be against these FCS schools that don't really have that much business playing you. So when we came out against South Dakota and we won, what, 62 to 13, it was not a big shock. That didn't tell Oregon fans much about the team, to be honest, because we had Marcus Mariota. We knew that we were going to be good, and we knew that we should beat the bad, the bad teams. The biggest question mark came in week two against Michigan State. We had the Spartans coming into Eugene, and there was a big target on Oregon because of all the things I already laid out. I mean, what is this new coaching staff going to do? How good is the head coach? How good is the offense? Can Marcus Mariota make that leap into a Heisman contender? Um, I'll stop right here and say that I had a, an interesting viewpoint for this season because I was interning with a marketing agency that represented the team. So I was actually on the field and on like actually down on the sideline for all of these home games. So um, I was there watching the Michigan State game from the Oregon sideline and I don't think I have any better memories from my time at, in that year because it, while it was a little close early on, Oregon finally, they slayed that beast. I know Michigan State isn't one of those big teams. They're not an Ohio State, they're not an Alabama, but you know they're a, a well-respected team in college football and, and Oregon finally beat them. And, you know, it was, I was pretty nervous going into that game. And I remember after the game, when I came home to my girlfriend at the time and who really got to like celebrate with friends, it was so much relief. And just like, I, I just remember that celebration just being like, oh my God, we, we actually did that. We're a, a really legit team. Like we can actually do this. We're good. <laughs> We're good. That's it. Confirmed good. <laughs> yeah, look at Marcus Mariota. Look at Royce Freeman. Like, look at Devin Allen. Like, we're actually a really good team. Like, this isn't this isn't a fluke right now. That uh, that comment about Michigan State not being a uh, a big program like Ohio State's going to ruffle some feathers in East Lansing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all right. I think the <laughs> the track record backs me up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sparty on. So the next big game, I'd probably say it was Arizona. The Wyoming game, yeah, it was before Josh Allen, so it didn't really matter. Washington State, it was close. I remember, obviously, 38-31. Um, it was a good game. And then we finally, we finally pulled it out at the end. But then Arizona, I think one of the biggest things about the Arizona game is it was in October, so, you know, the whole breast cancer breast cancer awareness thing, Oregon unveiled these new pink and black uniforms, and it was a night game. Um, I believe it was a Friday night. I don't know if that's correct. I want to say it was a Friday night game, and it was that ESPN game at 7 o'clock. So we knew the world was watching. We're the number two team in the country, and we're, beating, or we're playing Arizona, who's you know a team you should beat if you're Oregon, and you're obviously the number two team. Um, that... That one went went south pretty quickly. Um, I don't have the box score in front of me, but I just know that it was closer than it should have been throughout, and there was kind of a dread that we just like felt throughout the stadium. Um, I just remember, yeah, those those dreads were some of my favorites. The because we tried to do the, the we tried to do the pink uniforms. I think a year before, and we mm -hmm. went with like the all pink helmets. Yeah, you can see them there. Yeah. 
all pink. They, yeah. they weren't quite perfect, but then we did it just like the pink accent. And yeah, those were those were really cool. It it unfortunately got damaged by the results of the game, but there was some aggression to be taken out later. I'll just say that. <laughs> I just remember it being a a bigger letdown than normal because after the high of the Michigan State game, it was kind of like a return to reality. Kind of like, ah, oh, are we that good? Like, we just lost to Arizona at home. Like, we we should be beating this team with with no problem at all. And then that that score goes final. I know that we had chances at the end, and there was, I'm yeah, I actually remember it now. There was a a fumble call that no fan thought was a fumble, of course. And it was there was a lot of controversy in that game, and it ended up going against the Ducks, obviously. And and yeah, they got their first loss of the season, but um, and I, that dropped them to twelve in the standing. So obviously, it's still the chance went out. But I remember that One that feeling on the sideline with the the couple of buddies I was with, and we once we saw the replay, we just kind of looked at each other like that was yeah that was a fumble. Like we're we're probably about to lose this game, which is one of the worst realizations you can have. So the week after that, we went uh, we went down to UCLA, and that was a huge game. I remember that was like a, a Fox Sports Gus Johnson called game between number twelve and number eighteen UCLA, and we went down to Los Angeles. We wore the all white jerseys, which were some of my favorite at the time, and we put it on them. I know the final score was forty two thirty, but it was not that close. I was watching some highlights earlier and. They went up pretty quick and just, I mean, anything they wanted on offense, they were able to get. Um, it was just so impressive what Marcus was able to do at that time and just the ease with which he was able to conduct that offense and score at will. Um, once we had that UCLA game and we beat a ranked team again, it's kind of like, all right, yes, you slipped up against Arizona, but, you know, you're, you're still a good team. You're not a complete fraud. Um, you can go on the road and beat a top 25 team. So, um, yeah, that was really encouraging. Season, season's back on. It's not, it's not a total <laughs> yeah. And what were the vibes with the Mariota buzz and Heisman buzz and all that? I mean, that's probably a different question for Oregon fan and non-Oregon fan. Because Oregon fans, it was like, oh, my God, this is the best football player we've ever seen. Because we watch him day in, day out, every play he makes. But then, I mean, you know the whole Pac-12 bias with the Heisman voters that we play these games late at night. The East Coast is not awake for these games. They're not watching what's happening. I mean, look at Christian McCaffrey and, and his whole Pac-12, his whole Heisman voting a few years ago. So um, if you were asking the Oregon fan at that point, like, should Mariota be in the Heisman conversation? It's like, oh my gosh, are you, how are you even asking that question? But from a national stage, I don't, I'm not really sure. I know that he was kind of in the conversation, but I don't know how serious of a threat he was to actually make it to New York at the end of the year and, and be in that ceremony. He was in the hunt. Yeah, he was definitely in the hunt, but I don't know if he was like a real contender for it. What were the other finalists that year? I honestly uh, forget. Melvin Gordon was two. Amari Cooper. Uh, Trayvon Boykin. Oh, yeah, that TCU quarterback. Yeah. Mm. Um, JT Barrett. J Jameis, <laughs> but he was – he came in sixth in the voting. So it must have he been the year before, though. He won it the year before, then. 
Yeah, I think. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and they won the national championship, right? Th- yeah, that yeah. they were the last. Yeah, because Florida State was the last uh, BCS champion, and this Correct. is the first year of the, the the college football playoff. Because um, that's always the thing with Oregon fans that we hate Jameis even more because he was the number one pick and Marcus was the number two pick. And right. So it's just, I mean, there was so much. There's so much hatred between Oregon and Florida State. I think probably mostly from the Oregon side. That stems from that and the Rose Bowl. And I mean, if you guys know anything about the whole Willie Taggart saga a couple of years ago where he left Oregon for his dream school at Florida State after one year with coaching the Ducks. So um, yeah, there's, there's some some bad blood there, I would say at least. It's not like it's not like he did too well at Florida State either, so <laughs> and that that made a lot of Oregon fans pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> Delayed gratification on that. I had to, had to yes. watch him suffer for for, <laughs> for a few years. Yeah. So I think honestly, the next big game on the schedule was probably Utah. That Cal game was close for a little bit, but they uh, they pulled away late and ended up winning. But yeah, I think Utah was the next like notable game. Gotcha. Yeah. Any, anything stand out from? I was there for the Washington yeah, so, game? That's what I meant. So, yeah, yeah. Anything from the Washington Stanford stand, game? Stanford that you remember? You know, I really don't remember too much about those games. It's always so much fun as an Oregon fan to beat Washington, just because that's our biggest rival. I mean, say what you will about Oregon State, but Washington has always been the biggest rival of Oregon. And there was a stretch where we had, oh, I think it was. 10 what was it 10 12 year winning streak against them and that was just just ecstasy for duck fans so um what's the deal with washington fan like i know they were good a while ago but like they think that they are a top program (laughs) it's there was the one year i forget what year it was i think it was 2016 or 2017 where they made it to the college football playoff and they have picked up more bragging rights and fan momentum off of that one single year of being relevant than anything I've ever seen before. Because, yeah, outside of that, they have not been that impressive. And, I mean, look at this this past year. They have they were pretty bad, and they project to be not great going forward, too. So, yeah, I, uh, I don't really have an answer for you. We were alive. I think they were pretty good. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff looking back into, like, Pac-12 history and like who has the most Pac or Pac-8, Pac-10 back then championships and like they're up there. They they used to be really good, but I think all of the fans that remember those times when they were really good are probably pushing sixty or seventy or and so it's, <laughs> uh, it's been a while since they were really relevant. Other than that year uh, when they made the college football playoff, but um, yeah, like I said, any time where you can beat Washington by twenty-five at home is definitely a win in my book <laughs> so that that's who you consider as the uh your top concern as far as rivalry obviously you want to you want to win the oregon state game but in terms of like let's make sure we, we we win the washington game yeah the oregon state game means a lot because i don't know if you know geographically oregon eugene and corvallis so oregon and oregon state campuses they're like 40 minutes away, just right off the freeway oh. from each other. Like they're, they're close. Oh, wow. I, have, I'm not, I didn't realize they were that close. Yeah. yeah. There's, it's a number, it's a, a very known thing in, in this area that you have like divided households where 
where one, like, the husband is an Oregon State fan and the wife is an Oregon fan. Like, my dad graduated from Oregon State, and, I mean, me and my brother went to Oregon, so he says right. he's an Oregon fan now because that's where all his money went. <laughs> um, Classic dad thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I'm not going to I'm just going to go to the good team. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get me wrong. Like beating Oregon state is, is very important. Still important. I mean, we, yeah. we lost to them a couple of years ago and it was a, a tough 365 days till the next year when we got a chance to play them again. But Oregon state is, I mean, habitually not very good either. I mean, they we've got long stretches of wins against them. And so like you said, the history of Washington makes them a bigger like football rival because it was just usually better games. Um, yeah, but yeah, those those two are definitely the top two rivals. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, we can get more into Oregon State later, but yeah, I've always Washington has always kind of irked me as far as like, I was like who do they think they are? Yeah, it doesn't match up. It doesn't match up to reality. Well, I mean, you have. I know this is off topic a little bit, but like this past year with Washington. There was the whole, I don't know if you guys followed that, with uh, Jimmy Lake, their coach, the week before the Oregon game came out talking about how he didn't feel Oregon was one of their biggest rivals because he thought that they, he's like, I think we picture ourselves more along the lines of like the Ohio States and the Notre Dames and these teams with more academic prowess and stuff, and like the Stanfords, and we're like... Ah, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so, like, if you see any Oregon fan talking about like academic prowess when it comes to Washington, that's where it comes from. Because it's like, dude, I first of all, your academics are not like insanely better than Oregon's. <laughs> Second of all, you guys suck at football right now. So, like, <laughs> yeah, maybe we're not a rival because you're not good enough. But uh the rivalry was definitely stoked this past year which was a lot of fun to watch (laughs) if i'm gonna look at the full 2014 schedule and pick one regular season game other than the michigan state game that probably meant the most to oregon season it was utah and any oregon fan will remember this game as the kaylin clay game the kaylin k game game sorry any Oregon fan will remember this game <laughs> as the Kalen Clay game. That's hard to say. It's a tongue twister, man. Yeah, right. Especially um, after a few drinks. Exactly. So after the first quarter, Utah was up seven. They had the ball nearing midfield, and they looked like they were going to score again. And all of a sudden, they connect on a – 60, 70 plus yard pass to wide receiver Kalen Clay. And he's, I mean, he's running unopposed to the end zone, going to put them up 14 nothing. And all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, Oregon, they're on the road. They're playing the number 20 team in the nation. Like, yeah, this, this could happen. Like they might lose. And then for some reason he fumbles the ball at the one yard line and celebrates like he scored a touchdown. And linebacker Joe Walker picked it up, took it 99 yards the other end, and scored and tied the game. And, I mean, it's look at the YouTube clip out there. It's like an infamous play in Utah history and just like a famous play in Oregon history because it, it had such a big impact on that season and completely changed the momentum of that game where the Ducks were able to turn around and they routed them. I mean, final score 51-27. Like, it wasn't even close after that. 
and it was just like the turning point of that where you could just see the doom i mean we we felt it a few weeks earlier with arizona with that loss and we we kind of knew that this team was beatable on the right night and we could kind of just feel it coming again and then that one play happened and it changed the whole tide and i think that's I know in hindsight it's easy to say, but looking back, it was like, yeah, that's a point where a lot of fans were like, okay, this team, like, we're okay. Like, we can do this. We can make it to the the conference championship game. We can make it to the Rose Bowl. Like, we're okay. If we can escape a situation like that, who knows how far we can go. So, um, yeah, that, that Utah game is going to stick in my memory for a long time. And then what was – so, obviously – you know, Oregon's, for the most part, they're putting up points in these yeah. games. <clears throat> um, are Mariota's numbers, like, just out of this world? Obviously, you got Royce Freeman, who's, you know, NFL running back. Um, was it a more of a balanced attack? What was, uh, what was, what was kind of the offensive uh, profile? That's the thing. When I, was, when I told you guys I was looking at a video earlier of every touchdown from this season, just to kind of refresh memory and be like, oh yeah, what what was the vibe of that team? And when I say that this was like the absolute most fun team to watch, like I'm, I really mean it because Mariota game in and game out was averaging like three to four touchdown passes, like over 200 yards passing and like probably 60 to 70 yards rushing. Then you have Royce Freeman, our lead back, who stands today as the number one rusher in Oregon history. I mean, he played four years and has, I think, 60 career touchdowns, and he was just such a force on the offense. And then you have wide receivers like Devin Allen and Keenan Lowe and Dwayne Stanford. And, I mean, it's just obviously when you have a, a Heisman quarterback, everyone is going to, I mean, a, a rising tide raises all boats. And so everyone's going to eat a little bit. But, um, I mean, the, the skill level around him was so much fun to watch. And I just, I had kind of forgotten how much fun that team was. I mean, none of those players really went on to have great NFL careers. I mean, Mariota, obviously, that's that's a conversation for a different day, how he's been used in the NFL. But Royce Freeman hasn't done anything great. Devin Allen chose to be an Olympic sprinter instead of an NFL player. Dwayne Stanford never went to the NFL. So, um, yeah, it was the offense it was really refreshing after Chip Kelly left. I mean, he was such an offensive guru. The the year after he left, the fact that we were able to kind of maintain this point total and maintain this offensive dominance was was really encouraging. Yeah, I feel like I'm pulling it up now. I mean, would you say DeForest Buckner ha has had the best NFL career from that entire team? I think so. Honestly, him... Uh, Eric Armstead was on that team too. He plays for the 49ers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if you're talking about NFL talent from Oregon, there's really, it's kind of a bleak outlook because, yeah, it's, I mean, no real running backs have done well. Uh, I mean, Royce Freeman was like a backup for the Broncos for a couple of years. Mariota's a backup now for the Raiders. Yeah, defensive line's been great, but... Other than that, it's it's pretty tough. Yeah. I feel like they've had a lot of guys do what you said. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but try to be like an Olympic sprinter. I feel yep. like they've had a couple yeah. of those. 
Well, that's the thing because Oregon has such a rich track program too. I mean, yeah, right. Eugene right. is Eugene's literally known as Track Town USA. Like the Olympic trials are here, like almost every four years, and they they have like this elite. I mean, it's it's where Nike was built. I mean, we're we're Nike University, and I say that very proudly. <laughs> like it's it's a real thing when you come here and you see that uh, track is not really a big sport for a lot of like the average American sport sporting fan doesn't care at all about track, but you come here and you talk to anyone and it's like, they at least know something about it. If not are really into it. So yeah, it's when Devin Allen, who was one of our leading receivers that year, when he says that, Hey, I'm going to try and be a hundred meter sprinter instead of going to the NFL, no one really bad than I, and he's been to, I could be wrong here. He's been to one, if not two Olympics since. Like it's, it was obviously the right decision for him. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of tough if you're a huge football fan and you want to see them blossom in the NFL. But, I mean, it's it's hard to say they made the wrong call. Um, do if you're sitting in class at Oregon and someone walks in with like an Under Armour quarter zip on, are they getting dirty looks, or does that just not even happen? That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> so, for instance, I wore, I was at the women's basketball game today, and I'm a, I'm a big golfer. I love to golf, and so I've got a a. Puma you should check league. out Quack Apparel. Yeah, I should. <laughs> That's a really good one. So I wore a a zip up vest that was a brand other than Nike, and I had a couple of reporters say to me like, "Man, what are you wearing?" <laughs> it's like it's honestly a thing. Like during this season when I was kind of working for the marketing agency that represents the Ducks, it was a rule that you couldn't wear anything other than Nike shoes when you were on the job. Like, that's an actual rule. Really? That's, like, that's because he, it's, Phil Knight is such a major sponsor, and Nike is such a big part of Oregon. Yeah. That, like, yeah, you, you just have to wear Nike shoes and Nike stuff when you're – like, if you came in with Adidas anything on, yeah, you get would out of be town. asked to change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like do they do they even have like I mean like in the like not the gift shop like the bookstore and like shit, shit yeah. where you buy stuff like apparel do they even have anything other than Nike stuff in there like they can't right I mean it's I'd say it's like ninety percent Nike I'm sure they have like some some Columbia or yeah, yeah brand but stuff not but like, like major it's stuff yeah you won't find Adidas in there or Reebok or anything and what's crazy is. Adidas is from Portland too. Yeah, they're right. from Oregon. Really? <laughs> like, it's just like the market that Nike has in this state is just, and I feel bad for Adidas that they're from the same state because yeah, I think that Nike probably has a, like a a whole stake yeah. over the Oregon brand. So yeah, I actually know that I heard the. Um, well, I might be saying something that I don't completely know, but I'm pretty sure that the Oregon O is actually a Nike symbol that's leased to the university. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, like, Nike has the ownership of the Oregon O, so. So so legally, they can't even, like, try to make anything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they have no, po like, if you see any, like, Columbia, Oregon jacket or something, it's, like, a retro Ducks logo or something that's not the average, like, say, the original Oregon O. I typed in Adidas... Oregon Ducks apparel. It's still the same thing. There's nothing. Yeah, the only thing that the only thing that looks remotely like it is is it's just a generic 
Adidas jacket that happens to be in in Ducks colors. Yeah, but it's, it's not like it's not Ducks branded or anything. It just happens to be in those colors. Just yeah. a green green zip up jacket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, it's you walk around and there's there's Nike signs everywhere on campus and around around Otson and the the whole performance center. And I mean, when you think about the fact that Phil Knight and that whole company is donated literally billions of dollars to the to the university it, it makes sense that they wouldn't want yeah. their biggest competitor there so <laughs> yeah I, I think it's fair for everything he's done yeah. if, if if the counter of that is okay we'll only allow nike apparel yeah i think oregon's still coming out ahead yeah. <laughs> well yeah he was complaining yeah. he was like ah oh, i really wish they had adidas in this <laughs> oh, i'm Personally, I'm pretty okay with Nike. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so I don't. So we we had Colorado at home. To be anything honest, I don't that. really remember anything about the Colorado game or the Oregon State game, other than the you fact about the Civil War. Yeah, come on. The <laughs> only thing, I mean, look at the score. It was that was one of the years <laughs> where it was like. 47 19 like the civil war wasn't a contest and it wasn't a worry going into it either like this past year 2021 the ducks were coming off of a loss to the beavers in 2020 so we knew going into that game needed that win because there's no way we're going another year with beaver fans who live right down the road having bragging rights over the ducks at this point i don't know what the streak was at but it was at least several years that the Ducks had beat the Beavers. And so it wasn't really a major concern um, going into that game. The one thing I do remember is that there was a great picture of Marcus Mariota on a run doing like the Heisman pose, stiff arming an Oregon State defender. And it was like leading, obviously look at the date, like leading up into the Heisman voting, November 29th. And so like we knew that the Heisman like ceremony was coming up in a week or two and it was like, Oh my gosh, look at him. He's that, literally the Heisman. That was his Heisman moment. Yeah, Everyone yeah, needs the Heisman was. moment. That was his. Yes. Sounds like that's what won him the Heisman. I mean, if you want to say that, I won't call you wrong. <laughs> and I'm just going to make a, uh, a mental note for myself and for anyone who's uh, following our newest endeavor with the uh, story selection hashtag on Twitter, where it's where we give gambling picks. Anytime Oregon State wins, hammer Oregon the next year. Yeah. <laughs> just just lock that one away. Very just, smart pick. Just lock that away. There's no way they're losing two in a row. I also wouldn't ever go into an Oregon versus Oregon State game betting Oregon State. I'm just going to throw that out there. As a Duck fan, someone knows the Ducks. That's, that's, that's the rule of thumb year to year, but if, if the – the shocking upset happens yes. one year, the next year, yes, mortgage absolutely. As There's as no as game as long as, as long as it's responsibly within your limits, correct. There is no game more important than the Oregon State game if Oregon lost the year before. You're correct. <laughs> so, looking at that, that next game, the Arizona game in the Pac 12 championship, was in my mind so cathartic. Because they were the team that got us this year. I mean, they were the team that in, what was it, week five, they beat us at home. 
and on a Friday night when the nation was watching, when we were wearing our, our cool pink uniforms, and they kind of embarrassed us. And it was it was really the one spot on that season because we're like, oh shoot, we we didn't take care of business against Arizona. So when we got the chance to actually go into I'm pretty sure that was the first year where the Pac twelve championship was played on a neutral site. Um it was down on I think it was in Levi's Stadium. And when we got the chance to rematch them, it was like the gloves are off. They were absolutely out for revenge and doing everything they could to just make up for that wrong and prove that they, I mean, at this point, they're ranked number three in the nation. They were trying to prove that they belonged in that inaugural college football playoff. So, I mean, you look at that final score of 51 to 13, and it's like, yeah, they there was no holding back. They weren't afraid to run out the score. They weren't afraid to prove that, hey, yeah, we slipped up. Oh, and that actually reminds me that the starting, I want to say starting left tackle was injured for that first Arizona game. And he was back for that Pac-12 championship game, which was a, a kind of thing where people were like, all right, we weren't completely healthy when we lost this game. But then they went into that Pac-12 championship game and just completely blew the dwarfs off Arizona. And that was, that was enough for the committee to say that, yeah, this is one of the best four teams in the nation. And, um... I just remember watching that game from home, being like, all right, yeah, this we've got a chance, and this is a really, really good team, and it's it's going to take a lot to stop us going forward. It sounds like that left tackle is the MVP of the season then. Yeah. I want to say it was Jake Fisher. That was his Heisman moment. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, once you got... Marcus Mariota with his full offensive line and they were healthy and they were out to prove. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply something it was i mean yeah it was a pretty scary sight after that game um what i mean you're obviously you're coming off a hive of getting the revenge against arizona you win the pac-12 um title you know what are your thoughts like what's your temperature on the next you know going into the rose bowl um what are your expectations at this point 
I would say it was a lot of tempered excitement because yes, we won the Pac-12 championship. We'd been there before. We'd done that before, but now we were going up against, we were going into the inaugural college football playoff, which was a pretty big deal. And we knew that we had Florida State and Jameis Winston on the schedule. And that was, I mean, the narrative, like I said earlier, against the Ducks was that they couldn't beat the big team. They couldn't win on the big stage. And yes, they'd beaten Michigan State earlier in the year, but they did that at home. They were going to a neutral site now on New Year's Day and forced to play, what was it, the defending champions and the defending Heisman winner with the new Heisman winner on the roster. So um, that was there was so much excitement and anxiety and anticipation and I remember that I remember specifically that that Rose Bowl game was the same day as the Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao fight for some reason. <laughs> um, it, and we watched that game in the day and then we stayed and watched the Pacquiao fight at night. And um, yeah, that was that was a really fun time, but also a really scary time to be a Duck fan because we knew the ceiling, but we also knew that a floor was there as well. And we just hoped that that floor didn't come out at the worst time possible. I remember that, like, it was a back and forth game for a little bit. And then at one point, Oregon just, like, turned it on. And at that, I don't, I don't think I've ever been happier as an Oregon Duck fan than, like, beating Jameis Winston and beating Florida State, and not even just beating them, but, like, destroying them on national TV, in the Rose Bowl, in the granddaddy of them all, to get to the national championship game. It was just, like, that was the peak of Duck fandom to me. Because, like I said, we knew that we were kind of playing with fire, and we knew that there was a floor there. But once we were able to actually get on that stage and actually perform and Mariota played the way that he did it was just it was just so much fun um because it's still you know rose still considered the rose bowl even though it's the semifinal i think i was watching uh it must have been packed i can't remember some some sort of like pac 12 reporter and they they were because the the organ players were were concerned they're like asking for roses had roses on the on the sideline like you know we're going to the rose bowl all right all right and this guy was like see this this is this is what i love they these kids love the tradition of uh the rose bowl they're glad they're going to the rose bowl the rose bowl still means so much to these kids i'm like they don't give a shit <laughs> they're pumped they're going to this they're, they're pumped they're going to the semifinal it just so happens to be the rose bowl and obviously they like that but they don't they don't care about the tradition of the rose bowl yeah, it's very true i will play. say that the fact that it was the rose bowl that was the semifinal and it wasn't a year where it was like the sugar bowl or something yeah. or the orange bowl or whatever that did feel a little bit special because the Rose Bowl did used to be, I mean, the championship. It was the game for the Ducks. I mean, what you would spend all year right. trying to make it to the Rose Bowl because you kind of knew that you wouldn't be, I mean, in the BCS days, you kind of knew that you wouldn't be one of those teams that would go to the national championship game. But if you could make it to the Rose Bowl, I mean, I'm wearing a Rose Bowl sweatshirt right now. Like it's, yeah. the Rose right. Bowl does mean something to Duck fans. I mean, we went a long time without winning it. And then when we did get back, and I think it was 20, no, 2009, 2010, 
we went to the Rose Bowl and we played Ohio State. And unfortunately, we lost that game. But so the fact that we did get back there and um, it did mean something that it was, I don't know if it would have, what am I saying? It would have been just as sweet if it was the Orange Bowl or the Sugar Bowl or whatever. But mm-hmm. it kind of felt like the stars were aligning a little bit because it was the Rose Bowl and it was a bowl that we were familiar with. And Duck fans were, I mean, we were, it's it's close to us. I mean, we, West Coast. Florida, Florida State had to go from Florida all the way to California <laughs> to get there. We had to travel. I, I mean, I went to the Rose Bowl. I forget what year it was. But, I mean, it's a seven, eight, nine-hour drive just down to Pasadena. And it was, yeah, it was a ton of fun. So um, that felt really nice that it was kind of a bowl that we were familiar with. And while, yes, I'm sure a lot of the, the players were like, yeah, let's just, let's get this one, get onto the natty. Uh, that's very true. But as a fan, I knew that it was kind of like, oh, yeah, we, I mean, we've won the one Rose Bowl before. We can do this again. Why not us? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely true. The fact that it was Florida State and the fact that it was a college football playoff semifinal really meant so much. Like I said before, the fact that we came in and beat them 59 to 20, the defending champions, was just like, I don't think there was anything that could stop us at this point because we we finally won a big game on a big stage. And that was kind of our bugaboo for so many years going into this. And it's like we did everything that was asked of us and we blew out the defending national champs. What was it? 27-7 in the third quarter, 14 nothing in the fourth quarter. And we kind of made fools out of them, which was just so incredibly fun to watch. And by the end, it was one of those games where you're so nervous going into it and so anxiety packed. And then once you finally start to build that lead and you get to spend the last two quarters not watching the game, but celebrating the whole time and just having a good time. And every touchdown is not like, oh, all right, we're up now. Like, you're kind of just like in this ecstasy with those final final 30 minutes or whatever. And um, yeah, like I said earlier, I think that's one of the most fun I've ever had as a Duck fan. Again, another measuring stick. Like, how good are we? These guys won, Jameis, all that. And you just blow them out. Well, and on top of that too, I don't know when the whole Jameis crab scandal came about, but I know it was before this. So I, I know that we kind of had like the nation backing us too. It, was, it mm. felt like Oregon was everyone's team. Like everyone wanted Florida State to lose. So it was so much fun to be winning and have everyone on social media or whatever, or just in the world, just be like, yes, let's go Oregon. Like they're so good. We can do this. And it's like that. Yeah, I don't. I hope I will get to that point as a sports fan in the future. But um, in my history of sports fandom, I think that was probably the peak so far. Yeah. Yeah. That's always the best when you know the casual fan is rooting for you. But being, exactly. being a Mizzou fan, a lot of times we end up in those <laughs> mediocre, like December 27th bowls and we play like <laughs> Army or Navy or one of the server schools. Yeah. Like, all right. Everyone's rooting against us. No chance here. Yeah, only Mizzou fans are rooting for us. Yeah. And it sucks, and it's like I'm kind of rooting for the other team too because yeah, they're a service school; they deserve it. Uh, but when you have when you have the the tables turned and you are like quote unquote America's team for that game, it's 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 a good feeling. Yeah, it was um, it was a lot of fun. 
And then we got to go watch that that Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather fight later that night. And we also watched the I don't I forget the final score of the Alabama Ohio State game, but I don't think it was that close to be honest. So we knew pretty early that we were gonna have Ohio State, and it was it was a lot of the same fear and anxiety because I mean if you're talking about blue blood blue blood programs, it's hard to get much more historic than Ohio State. So. We knew we were in for a fight. We knew we had Ezekiel Elliott on the plate, and um, but it was it was hard to kind of come off that high that we had from the Florida State game. And so a really interesting note that a lot of Duck fans kind of made sure to keep in their mind going into this game is that the very first year of the NCAA March Madness tournament, which was back in, I forget what year it was, like somewhere in the 30s, Oregon beat Ohio State. For the national championship and it's their only <laughs> basketball national championship ever won and so then you get the very first year of the college football playoff and the ducks are playing ohio state and it's like <laughs> this might be fate i don't who knows we already won one championship against them <laughs> exactly and so i mean i know personally me i was like all right it's the inaugural championship game we're playing ohio state again like it's kind of in the stars, but it, we've really got a shot here. I know they're really good, but hey, we are too. We've got the Heisman winner at quarterback. We've got an incredible offense, a really good defense too, obviously. And um, yeah, it was, I think it's the most excited I've ever been for an uh, Oregon Duck game, obviously. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, while Zach is off to refill his drink, we do have a pretty big announcement to make. Our new official sponsor of the College Football Stories podcast and all the stories podcasts is Quack Golf. Um, all of us here on the network are pretty stoked to be partnering with them. They're a golf apparel company based out of Ireland, and they do have some pretty sick gear. Uh, I'm currently wearing one of their quarter zips. It's green. Um, go, and, you know, go, man, ducks. go Ducks. It's pretty comfy. Uh, their stuff is made by golfers for golfers. You know, it's cut well, it's affordable, um, and it, they have an outstanding logo. Logo, uh, hint: it's a duck. Uh, check, <laughs> out every, check out everything at quackgolf.com. That's quack spelled K-W-A-C-K. They've got a new set of apparel set to be dropped at the end of January. We can't wait to see. Use our promo code Stories15 for fifteen percent off your order. That's Stories15 at quackgolf.com. Yeah, I I can't wait to get uh get my first gear uh yeah. from them. Got 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 an order in their their stuff. It looks incredible, and I can't wait to to get this stuff in my body. It's they're the best. These these guys are. I I'm so excited we're partnering with them. Uh, their polos are uh they make you look jacked if you wear them. Uh, they're kind of a little tight around the arm, so you know show those guns off on the course. I think we all need a little help with that. So no, no, no complaints on my end. <laughs> and they're from Ireland. You can't beat that. Yeah. It, it's it's a perfect, perfect match with, uh, I mean, I guess it's an Irish stereotype, but with the drinking and the, the golf and the, the, the comfort, you can't beat uh, quack, quack golf, quack, quack apparel, K-W-A-C-K. Again, the promo code is STORIES15 for 15% off. All right, Zach. What are you, what are you drinking now? Should I get another beer? Or should I get uh, get some whiskey? I'm in the whiskey. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> Why not? We're at the Ohio State game. I can't be just drinking. Beer. I gotta be drinking <laughs> that's, something that's stronger. A, that's a great point. We got we got the national deal with here. This is a heavy topic to discuss. It really is. This is <laughs> the mood of the podcast is gonna turn way down. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of whiskey, Mike? So I got some Elijah Craig. Yeah, uh, good one. Yeah, it's uh, it's become kind of my go-to. Just grab it and have on hand. It's funny. I, I grew up with a kid named Elijah Craig. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> I didn't know it was a whiskey brand, but cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's it's good. If he's not related to the Elijah Craig family, that's that's gotta hurt. <laughs> Someone's making a lot of money off his name and likeness. Yeah, exactly. He at least needs to have a favorite whiskey brand. Yeah, maybe maybe he's the heir to the uh the Elijah Craig bourbon crap. Uh could be family family fortune. (laughs) All right. Ready to get into it? Yeah, I am. (laughs) Are you emotionally prepared? I think so. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> we got into the whiskey at this point in time for a reason. Yeah, it was that was that was well well calculated on your part. <laughs> so the Ohio State game. Um, if I was talking about the Florida State game and saying it was as high as I ever have been as a Duck fan, I think the Ohio State game is potentially as low as I ever have been as a Duck fan. Um, you could argue that the, the national championship game against Auburn um, and Cam Newton was really tough because we lost that on a, a field goal as time went down. And it was after a, a, the refs blew a call that arguably cost us the game. You know, Oregon fans will still say to this day that Dwyer was down. Um, but the Ohio State game was really tough to swallow. And honestly, because it started out so great. I think one of the worst parts about the game is that we went up 7-0 pretty early on. We scored two minutes into the game, and then we forced a punt. And at that point, I don't know that you could really tell us that we weren't going to win that game and we weren't going to continue this magical season. And then we punted, and they scored a touchdown. And then we punted, and they scored a touchdown. And then we punted, and then we turned over on downs, and then punted, and they scored, and... Before you knew it, they were up double digits, and Ezekiel Elliott had four touchdowns, and it was just in his crop top. So was, yes, absolutely in his crop top. I remember after the Auburn game as a fan, I was a few years younger. I was I don't remember what age I was, but I remember like crying as the game-winning field goal for them went to the uprights, and I was like, oh my god, like, can we not win one of these games? After the Ohio State game, it was almost worse because, like, you knew the outcome for so long that, like, you just had to sit with it. Like, it wasn't a shocking loss or anything. Like, we got blown out, which was really defeating because we had this amazing team. I still think it was the best Ducks team that we've ever had. And if even a Marcus Mariota Heisman season isn't enough to to even keep a championship game close... I mean, to lose a championship game by 22 and get outscored. I mean, we got outscored 14 nothing in the in the fourth quarter. It was, man, it was brutal. <laughs> it's a, 
it's a, a season or an end to the season that I want to forget about. And there's been times where as a reporter, I've done articles about like some of the best jerseys that the Ducks have ever worn. And I still, rem I say to this day that this year, the 2014, 15 years, the best single season of uniforms that the Ducks have ever worn. And when I go through like the archives of pictures to get up, I always come to that Ohio State game. And it's like, oh, man, that still hurts. It still hurts to this day when I see images of us in that silver and gold or silver and white and not a single school color on us. No yellow, no green. I know a lot of fans kind of have a problem with that still where it's like, what are we doing? Like, show some some Oregon pride. Like, why why do we have no yellow or green in these uniforms? Um Real, real quick, that. what I find incredible, which I hadn't thought about, is, yeah, but at Oregon, you can have, like, debates as far as this season of uniforms was better than oh, that yeah. season. <laughs> and, like, what oh, other yeah. school can, like, do that? Like, I've like, written multiple articles about this, comparing <laughs> and contrasting the different seasons of uniforms. Yeah, and I remain to this day that this 2014-2015 season was the best. But then you look at those championship uniforms, and it's like... Oh, yeah, those, I mean, they were nice in a vacuum, yeah, they they looked good, but I, I remain to this day that those, the lack of green or yellow in those uniforms might have cost us the championship, and that's my story. I, I believe it, yeah. I mean, we looked, uh, like the, we looked like the Raiders out there, what do you, you expect yeah. to win? That, that's a, that's a, you know weekend in October uniform, you know, right. it looks good, like it, it's good, it's something different. That's not a national championship uniform. Totally. And I mean, obviously credit to Ohio State, they played a great game. I mean, Ezekiel had 246 rushing yards and three <laughs> touchdowns. Like, you're not going to win a championship when you are facing that as a running back. <laughs> and I mean, we had, yeah, our leading rusher had 62 yards. Marcus Mariota had a really good game. I mean, I, I know he threw a pick, but he had over 300 yards and two touchdowns. And I just remember the there was real heartbreak after the game, obviously. But when you 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 knew this was his last season because as the Heisman winner, you knew he was going to go to the NFL, even though he could choose to stay. But you saw him walking off the field crying. And you saw him in the post-game press conferences, like, holding back tears the whole time. And it was just, it was such a sad moment for all Duck fans after what was such an incredible season that, um, you know, there's there's some good in that. I mean, it's, you've got a lot of feelings for it, and I, I remember it still to this day, those feelings. So, obviously, it was, it's, it made me a part of the person I am today because you kind of had to, like, grapple with that loss, and it, it, built you up as a sports fan, but man, it was tough. It was just, I, I remember to this day where I was, who I was with, all of those feelings just come rushing back, even talking about it, that uh, that one was, that was probably the, the most brutal loss. I, I don't know if I'll ever get over that one. Yeah. Did you get a chance uh, to go to go to the game? No, I was not at that game. I was, I was at my parents' house with a bunch of friends and yeah <laughs> funny story i remember my brother who's i think yeah he's three years older than me he had a a newish girlfriend at the time and she didn't really understand like how intense our fandom was <laughs> <laughs> so it's it probably like 
15, 20 minutes after the game, we're kind of just standing around in shock. And she's just like, I'll just get over it, guys. Like, whatever. It's just a game. <laughs> and we all, like, my brother just, like, snapped at her. And we all just, like, got pretty We're like, this is absolutely not just a game. And, like, it's like, yeah. You it don't understand. Like, like, it, I mean, it wasn't. It was not for a, a, an Oregon Duck fan, no matter how big of a fan you are. It was not just a game. It was the pinnacle of what you've been working for for so long through the Chip Kelly years and what you kind of felt that you got lucky with in the Mark Helfrich start. Like, you didn't, we didn't go into that season thinking that we'd be in the national championship game because we knew that we had a new coach. And while we knew that we had the talent, uh, I mean, you just, you don't really, as Oregon, it takes time to develop and. Well, and we know we're not in Alabama. We're not in Ohio State. We're not in LSU. We don't go into seasons thinking that it's championship or bust. And so when we got there, we knew how much hard work it took and we knew how special the moment was. And to see it go in that sort of way and in that sense, man, it really hurt. And we've been in those these years since then, we've been doing everything we can to get back there. And I'm sure when we do, It'll be really, really nice and really enjoyable, but uh, I don't know, man. That those are some strong feelings from that from that season. Yeah, it's got to be kind of a gut punch when you know the Chip Kelly era was like riding a high, and then he all of a sudden leaves, and then your expectations probably drop a little bit, um, and then this happens, and you you know you get up on a big high, and it's it's an awesome ride, and then. You get blown out in the national title game. It's not a good feeling. <laughs> That's the thing. It kind of felt like we were playing with house money for most of the season. Right. Because yeah. we're like, yeah, no one expects us to be great. We just lost our, our incredible coach to the NFL. And we were great. And then you still kind of go bankrupt at the casino. And it it still hurts just as bad whether it's your own money or, or not. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a tough one. JT Barrett was Ohio State's regular starter cardale jones played this game yeah i was confused was he, about that was, too. He, was he hurt or jt barrett got hurt the week before the big 10 championship game okay so lost <laughs> so i was trying to figure because when we were looking at the heisman voting earlier he was like fit yeah, and heisman, was JT barrett. Yeah. yeah now that you said um, that i totally remember us going into that game being like yeah they don't even have their starting quarterback like it's cardale jones you should be able to beat cardale jones yeah yeah <laughs> he had a pretty good game too i mean one touchdown one intercept but i mean zeke won a national championship he did yeah. he was so good and then the other thing that stuck out to me halfway through the third quarter it was 21 to 20. Mm-hmm. like oregon was in it it was yeah, so it was twenty one thirteen, and then the Ducks had a long touchdown to Byron Marshall. Yep, seventy yards. Like Just seventy yards. Right yeah, it's a, a pass over the middle, and he ran for it and made it a game. And it was like, oh my god! Like, all right, don't don't lose faith yet because we're really in it. And then right after that, just the. <laughs> All the air was let out of the balloon because they just they just poured on Zeke and we couldn't do anything to stop it. We had a really good defense and they just they had no way to stop him. But I mean, sixty-two yards is your biggest rusher. It's that's kind of tough. It was just yeah they I don't know. There was just once that once Ohio State built even a little bit of a lead late, 
it was it kind of felt like the wheels fell off you know you know like when you're when you're golfing and you're kind of shooting above what you usually golf like you're like, when oh, you're golfing you know? when you're golfing your quack apparel continue exactly yes you're wearing your <laughs> quack apparel you're actually you're only like maybe through 12 holes and you're like oh i'm only four over right now wow this is un- abnormal and then you like double triple double bogey and it's like <laughs> all right this is normal that's kind of what feels like what happens to the ducks because they were in it in the third quarter and then it's like oh they found a little bit of room to like fall off the wagon and it happened so what may be even worse i mean it's let's be real it's not worse than the loss in the national championship game but this game kind of started a downward trend for the ducks i mean you look at the next three four years and i mean i think a year or two later mark helfrich the head coach got fired and then it brings in willie taggart for one season and he leaves after a year for florida state and then it brings in Mario Cristobal, and I mean he's good. He's he's the the bottom of the peak, and he starts going up, and we're finally back to you know relevance again. But this game feels like the start of what was a pretty frustrating time to be a Duck fan because we were used to such highs after the Chip Kelly era, and we were never able to get back to this peak, and we haven't since. And you know, knock on wood, hopefully we will soon in the future, but. Uh, this is definitely what started that downward trend. And um, if you're going to ask any Oregon fan, like, what was the tipping point? I think it was that fourth quarter, honestly, is where it all started. You look at the talent that we lost from that year. I mean, we that was Mariota's last game. And we started the next year with Vernon Adams, who was a graduate transfer. And while Vernon was pretty good, he was no Marcus. And you just, you lost so much talent from that season that it kind of felt that that success wasn't really attainable anymore, you know? Yeah. It felt like the window had closed for that team. And while we didn't really expect to be there in the end at the start of the 2014 season, we made it somehow. And the fact that we weren't able to capitalize on that opportunity was just really a hard pill to swallow because we it felt like we were starting over from... From square number one the next year right that's tough it was really <laughs> tough <laughs> i will drink to that <laughs> your top three ducks of all time they don't have to be athletes they can be you know cartoon ducks they can be <laughs> Uh, Anaheim Ducks players, they can be, um, taken however, however you want, however you want, or if you just really like, you know, the different, uh, species of ducks, you know, you can always, (laughs) I'm going to keep it really, really simple and actually just stay with the university because that's what's on my mind right now. That's fair. Um, I think number one has to be Marcus Mariota. Because no one has meant more to this team and brought us to the the pinnacle of of football that we've seen with him. I mean, like I, I listen to this, you can see what Marcus Margaret means to me. Um, number two, I'd have to say, I'd probably say Justin Herbert, 
simply because of what he's done in the NFL, not not what he did at Oregon. He was he was misused at Oregon. I think any Oregon fan would tell you that that he the coaching staff did not use him right. We should have. I mean, you look at what he's done at, with the Chargers. He should right. have been a much better college player than he than he actually was. So, but Oregon has such a history of great college players that do nothing in the NFL. And the fact that fans now have a player to look at at the professional level and be like, oh, yeah, that's our guy. He's He looks like a future Hall of Famer. I mean, he looks like an MVP quarterback. So he's really special in the fact that he was a homegrown kid. Um, I mean, he the high school that he grew that he went to is literally a two-minute walk from where I'm sitting right now. Like, he's, <laughs> he's from here. Like, he is a Eugene <laughs> kid through and through. Oh, wow. Um, Number three, I don't know if everyone's going to know this person. I hope they do. They should. But Steve Prefontaine. Yeah. You guys know that name? Okay, good. I remember that name. If we're talking about Nike and, yeah. like, the birth of Nike and how Oregon is such a track school and where Nike grew up, it's because of Steve Prefontaine, just, like, world record holder. He's an Oregon kid, and um, he unfortunately was – killed in a car wreck like the day before one of his biggest races and had his life cut short before he could be this like multi-time olympic athlete um so yeah he's he's got such like a huge story and legacy in oregon and it's like the whole track community in in the nation honestly right. um, so those are probably my top three it's a good list yeah i got uh I got a list of, of three myself here. Go reverse order. Reverse order. Number three, Joey Harrington. Oh yeah. I remember oh, I yeah. had the I I I, th- I don't know if it was my first or second, it was early on in my uh NCAA football playing oh, days. Yeah. And oh, I, three. it was on the cover. Yeah, it was oh, three, three on the that, cover. And I can't remember. I, it might have been my very first one. So I loved that game. You know, Joey was was the cover boy. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't watch a lick of Oregon football then, but I was like, oh, this guy's on the cover. He must be good. <laughs> so I got Joey Harrington. Uh, number two, I got the the Mighty Ducks franchise, the trilogy. There you go. Although, although three is not very good. One and two. One and two hold are up. excellent. So. Yeah, th- those hold up any, anytime you want to watch them. And then number one on the list is... Uh, quack apparel. Nice. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I only have one on my list, and it's the only one that should be on the list. His name is Bull Bull. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it starts and ends with Bull Bull. That is good. <laughs> there you have it. That is the story. And these are the college football stories. Was it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow us on Twitter at the CFB Stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcast Network at the Stories Pods on Twitter as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly. Oh,
Bowl is kind of a, a I don't want to say a touchy subject among Duck fans, but like I don't care. He's a Duck. To, <laughs> we didn't get to experience him though, because he was yeah. injured for most of that year. And so, like, yeah, he's gone on to do big things, but he honestly doesn't really feel like a duck favorite like he should. Yeah, because right. we didn't really, we really didn't get him for most of that season. So, I mean, I love him still. I'm rooting for him every day, but uh, we we wish we had more time with him for sure. He he played nine games. <laughs> nine games. Okay, that was more than I thought, but I knew it wasn't double digits. <laughs> <laughs> that is not. He averaged twenty one points. Yeah, one of those nine games, he had a 32 and 11. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. If we do yeah, uh, the, the stories, track and field, track and field. <laughs> stories, well, yeah, yeah, right. first call. Yeah, I'm saying, <laughs> no, I, I love the uh, the format of the podcast. It's a very fun, you know, dynamic. So it's whatever you guys have an idea for if you need to guess let me know and i'll see if i can help out this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger. For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.